All right. Well, you know, welcome to Hanging with the Homeboys. Uh, I'm Luke Thompson. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm Chris Glenn. Yeah. So, what's your name? <laughs> so, this is our first episode. Yeah. Yeah. We're finally doing this. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, I'll cut right to the chase and let you guys know a little bit about my background. Um, used to sell cars for over a decade. And, you know, God bless the, the, the person who is in danger right now. I hope that they get, they get where they need to be. But I used to be uh, in the car business for about 10 years. And um, believe it or not, the first person in Topeka to really help me with selling a house that I own was the guy to my left right here who's been doing this much longer than I have. Uh, I've got three years under my belt. In two weeks, it'll be my three-year anniversary. What about you, Luke? Uh, I've been selling real estate here for 16 years, I think. It's hard to keep track of uh, when you started, especially when you start in the middle of the mortgage crisis. Uh, that was hard, you know, and I, I've always thought that if I could start then and survive, that every year would get better and better and better. And when it did, then it told me that I will always have success. So, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot about the real estate business. Uh, I always tried to bury myself in every new issue that, that comes about. And uh, when I met this guy, we, you know, we met uh, through personal friends. We used to actually hang out at a, a lake house about once a year, uh, which is uh, just about 45 minutes to the west of, of where we work now. And we, you know, we'd run into each other and uh, stay at a lake house for two or three days. And kind of just always had a great time. Yeah, yeah. always had a great time. And uh, then you know, I think I don't know if I bought a car from you first or if you called me to sell your house first. That's a very, that's a very good question. Both, both ventures went really well. And actually, that first house when you sold us, we did like a smart home thing, oh, and broke a record in the neighborhood. So oh, it's that was just the beginning of a beautiful relationship, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. rolling forward, you know, and it's not a pun on selling cars. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, you know, we're wanting to, uh, embark on this venture of, of sharing, uh, continuing those conversations that, that we had before, um, you know, about personal things and about cars and now about what we're doing together at the same company in the real estate business. Yeah, that's right. Um, when I thought about transitioning from the car business and getting into real estate full time, you know, I had already done some investing, so we're definitely going to be talking about that on this on this podcast. Yes. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about guys that have rental properties, uh, flip properties. You know, we've even got a short-term rental or, or an Airbnb, as some people might know it as. So I'm envious. Ooh. Envious, by the way. Dreaming about Airbnbs. Okay. Well, you know, once you go Airbnb, do you really ever go back, Luke? I mean... You uh, tell me. No, you don't. Uh, you know, the hotel experience is just, uh, it's just not the same when you got a whole family. But... I digress. Um, you know, I had some options as far as what brokerage to come to. And of course, I knew I was going to give the brokerage that Luke was at, you know, a shot. Um, but I, you know, I went and checked out a bunch of different options. But uh, I've always had a great comfort level with Luke. I feel like, uh, you know, we're, we come from a very similar background. Um, you know, he, despite his dashing good looks, he is actually a few years older than I am. But like I said, we're both over 40. Um, we both love what we do. We have a passion for what we do. And we've always been the type of people to try to be creative, you know, and try to not fit in with what everybody else is doing. So 
from the very first time that we worked together on a professional level, whether it was me selling him a car or him helping me sell my house, um, it's always been fun. And so, you know, starting this podcast with him is just a continuation of all the stuff. And it really just comes from the fact that when he and I are together talking about stuff, there's a lot of value that comes from that stuff that nobody else gets to see, whether it's entertainment and comedic value or it's actually, you know, real hard hitting gray area type conversations about what it is we do, why we love what we do, and some of the things that we wish could improve with what we do, and the things that we love and the things we hate about the clients that we work with. We're going to talk about all that. Something that's pretty cool, and uh, we do it every week, is we actually have had a very long warm-up session for this. We, uh, we, we meet every week with a group of realtors, we call them our focus group. And this is a group of realtors that, uh, you know, before Chris was in the company, I had been meeting with for probably five or six years. And our, our group started out of, uh, out of a, a visioning class or a strategy class, you know, how to build your real estate business. And so it's a group of six to 10 to tw- you know, 12 realtors that meet every single week at a coffee shop. We talk about uh, negatives about our business. That's how we start our meeting off. Then we talk about positives that have happened in the past week to change the energy back. And these conversations, those conversations about those situations help us to learn. I mean, learn about much more than just a single real estate agent is encountering every week or every day. Because, you know, if you've looked at uh, the the stats out there, if you look nationwide, there are many realtors out there that are not selling more than 10 houses in a year. And, and you, you know, know most, that's most realtors are not. We should look that up. We should check out what that number is and report back to these folks in the, in the, in the future. But if you think about it, if you're only selling 10 houses in a year or less, how much experience are you really getting? And how can you impart that or use that to help your clients? So since Usually after we tape this podcast, or we're going to go straight to our focus group meeting. We're getting we're getting that every week. And we've been doing that for I mean, it's, has it been two years now when you've been in the group? Uh, oh, yeah. Three. Oh, yeah. How long how long have you been in right now in the business? Three years. Next three month. years. That's, That's right. right. So great conversations there. We're going to bring that back to these conversations here. We've got all of that knowledge and information saved up. And uh, now we just have to write jokes to, to make it make it entertaining. You know, the stories themselves, no matter what, they're going to be interesting. Um, and you tell us if they're not. You know, just hey, click the. Uh, this is my first uh, play here. Click the thumbs down button. You know, I, I just want to be fair. I want to be impartial. Well, and another thing that this brings up is that Luke will be the first to tell you that probably five, six, seven years ago, um, being open about strategy, the things that are working for you, the things that you know that you have innovated to, to, to bring something different to our market would have been crazy talk to get you to explain those things to your competition and possibly give good ideas to people out there that aren't creative enough to come up with them on their own. And so can you talk with our audience about how you transition from that mindset of I better keep my secrets to myself to where, you know what, I'm okay with uh, sharing the secrets and the things that I've learned. You know, what was it that brought about that change? If I were to go straight to it and tell you what it is, I would say it's a culture of abundance. I'm okay. trying to operate from uh, the idea that everything I do 
um, is motivated or protected or centered around the idea that there is more, there's enough. There's enough for me, there's enough for you, there's enough for us to share that with everybody that we know and love, and that is gonna make all of us better together. So that's the central idea. Okay, the, well, what would you say the opposite of that mindset is, and, and do, do you feel like you came from the opposite of that mindset? Well, yeah, I mean, it sort of comes back to you know what I just talked about, the, the number of houses that realtors sell in a year, it's scarcity. You know, the opposite of abundance is scarcity. And when you're fighting for every transaction, you're afraid that every transaction could disappear or you could lose it, I could lose it to you, you know, because we know the same people, then right? that, that makes me act a different way. It makes me not want to share the ways that I am communicating with you as my client or our buddy Neil over here as my client. You know, what, what am I sending to him? What am I sending to you? If you're a realtor and you know Neil too, maybe I don't want to tell you what I'm sending, you know? And so that right there is just, uh, it's, it's that, that scarcity creates silos in the business to where we're not helping each other get better. And, you know, there's, uh, there's always been the idea that, or when I first got into real estate, that you, you were, you were afraid or people were calling other people backstabbers. Okay. You know? Like yeah. they're, they're taking my client or they're yeah. taking my stuff, my oh, ideas. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just, it feels much better to be in the other position, but in order, I think it, how can you embrace that at the very beginning when it when Oof. things are scarce? Boy, you know? transactions yeah. are scarce. Yes, you know? sir. So, when, for me, I had the idea. I knew what I, I I learned about culture of abundance, and the thing was that once I started practicing that, that's when transactions became more more abundant. When I started sharing with that focus group, and we started sharing our marketing together and the things that we were doing, that's when I started to sell more real estate. And so the checks were coming in, the, you know, I mean, clients were wanting to work with me and probably because of my good attitude, you know, the, and we're, you know, we want that to, to bring quality agents like you to come and work with us too. Um, and so that, I mean, that's the summary. What, what do you think about that? No, I, I love that because, you know, obviously I had a sales background before I joined forces up here at Colwell Banker here in Topeka, American Home. Um, and I sold vehicles for over a decade and I had a lot of success with that. And, um, you know, I learned things about customer service, social media branding and things of that, that allowed me to jump into this uh, space in real estate with having a little bit of leverage. You know, I wasn't just somebody that didn't know anything about sales who was completely green coming in. Um, I, I was somebody that had, you know, a group of people, um, you know, 1800 cars, 1400 different families in that time period and so every single one of those people got a postcard that said i'm no longer selling cars and i'm doing this now and so when that when when you got a prospect like that coming in luke could have definitely if, if luke was in a different headspace maybe the messaging would have been different it would have been like great if he comes great but if not i continue to not have to worry about you know um competition within the brokerage you know and the fact that you know he welcomed me with open arms and 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 you know it's one thing to not stand in the way of me coming but to go further and to say i really want you to be here it meant a lot and ultimately was one of the biggest reasons why i said let's let's make it happen right here to tell you the truth i mean i still had fear at that time 
You know, I mean, again, we know all the same people, man. Like we, your sphere of influence, a lot of that is my sphere they, of influence. They, they, you know? Yeah, they converge. Like Our a Venn diagram. And, you know, at that time, even when you had first come, you were coming to the company, like I, I think at one time I said, hey, come over here. Let's be the big dogs, you know, <laughs> let's be the homeboys, you know, I mean, and but at the same time, you know, the allegiance we, we weren't that close of friends. No. You know, it's not like... It, we, we were, were just those type of people that every time we were together, we always had a great time. This is true. You know, but it ain't like I knew all of your secrets or you knew much of mine, you know? I still had to overcome it. I still, when I was giving you my secrets or the things that I hadn't shared with a lot of people other than my real estate team, I was still thinking, I think I probably even asked you, hey man, please just don't take this stuff and go somewhere else to another company and yeah. give it to other agents. You know, this I'm giving this to you because I love you, you know, and I want you to be successful with us. Yeah. And, and I, I think, and I do remember that conversation and I respected that. I mean, that that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. One thing this guy didn't mention in his description of selling cars is when you would go into his office, well, this first of all, right behind him on the wall, I mean, I don't even think there was enough room. They're, they 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 were small plaques. They were about this big, and they were just lined up. I'll get Neil. A, I'll get Neil a picture of that of so we can month. so we can show the people at home oh, yeah. exactly what we're talking. And about. it was an experience, you know. We're in the car. I mean, and that's what real estate is too. You know, we're we're out in the field. I mean, the people are experiencing the car. You know, the people are experiencing the house when you're working with a buyer, and we're there to well make them feel comfortable walk them through what they should do next, and also to point out issues or problems. And being an honest salesperson like that, it's, it's almost like the opposite of sales, the antithesis of sales, because what we're telling them is how we would buy something. You know, maybe you wanna look at this thing. Like, I mean, is that your strategy when you're out with a, a buyer on a house or even when you were doing it with a car? Um, yes, um, I, there, there is no sales without great listening and great conversation beforehand. If it's just about wandering along Zillow or wandering on a lot, looking at cars and waiting for them to say, ooh, I like that, and then you as a salesperson, oh, you like it? Well, I love it. You know, that that is absolutely what sales is not. You've got to figure out the why. And the, the very first thing when I'm talking to new clients um, about a housing, and they and you know they're ready to go and they say that they've got a house they want to see i stop everything and i say why do you want to buy a house right now and i let them understand it's not a trick question and there is no wrong answer you know at the end of the day i need them to express to me where they're coming from along this so i can understand and nine times out of ten it makes perfect sense and we can go along with that and then there's going to be that ten percent of the time where their basis in wanting to do something is based on some bad information and you might have to stop everything right there if you you know yeah. and, and say guys whoever told you that about this process um, gave you some bad information and I'm gonna tell you exactly how it's really gonna be and if that still works out we'll move forward but if if that that deviation and what you thought was going to happen is going to derail us from working together right now that's okay because sometimes my job as a consultant is to stop you and it doesn't it doesn't result in us getting paid but if we are truly if our job is to help people and sometimes helping people involves us getting a paycheck then that's how i want to live 
but it is not sell a house at all costs, sell a car at all costs. It is, it is to solve a problem. And if working with me can help you solve that problem, then let's do that. And I'm, I'm going to be here for it. But if I know in my heart that working with me is not going to solve the problem that you believe um, you have, um, then we're going to we're going to call it audible. Consultant is the word. You know, I, my question to him is about being a salesperson. And he described himself as a, you know, a car salesman, but also with the idea now, like you're consulting with them. And and that's what we're doing. I mean, the, the in, in my mind, the the sales process is the paperwork process like it's you have to know that too you know you have to know exactly what you're doing throughout the real estate process for first of all just the regular one two three four abc like you have to know how that works and how those that contract works specifically because even when you know that that's still there's still going to be a curveball there's still going to be a speed bump and that's when we leverage you know, other folks, other realtors, other experts, the the lenders and all to, to help us through those problems. Uh, and we're constantly learning that all the time. But again, to be that consultant, you have to have that knowledge base, that experience and that network of folks that you can talk with and, and leverage. But then it's it's a very personal connection. You know, it's a it's it's the idea that we fi- figure out what the motivation is or what any, maybe we, we, when we figure out that motivation or the situation, we can anticipate what the next problem might be or the next challenge and steer us, you know, to the, to the right decision point. That's right. And talk about that decision next. Right. And so that's kind of, that's the basis of, of everything that we're doing every day. We're not selling you know, because again, the sale is the, the the process, the paperwork, but the buying of the house is the consultation of our client and their personal situation and where they want to be, you know, and how it relates to where they're coming from. It's also a bit of understanding psychology and human behavior and why people do what they do and not allowing ourselves to get caught up in the emotions of our client. And allow them to go down a road that really is is uh, counterproductive to what they originally said they were trying to 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 handle. And it's it's it you know I I don't want to be the guy that brings in a car counterproductive. Oh, yeah. Counter I know what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> like I'm buying a house. Like I'm gonna be fine. I just want to buy that house, man. Don't yeah. don't yeah. tell me. That I'm wrong, man. Well, Luke, see, the funny thing about this is when we had that conversation a couple days ago, yeah. I recorded everything. <laughs> this is you telling everybody exactly what you needed, and this is exactly what is not going to work right now if we move forward with this house. I know it's beautiful. I know that color of blue reminds you of the first car that you had back in high school, and I know that the way the, the gable on the roof reminds you of your grandma's house and all of that, but... You told me that if we didn't have a basement on the house, this was not going to work. You needed two living areas. And yeah. you're thinking about having another kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- those can be really big conversations, you know. And the your, your tact or, the you know, the way that you interact with people, um, how good your jokes are and your animations with your fake recorder on Rewind. I mean, that stuff, if that can land, because you're kind of lightening the moment. You know, Absolutely. it's very serious. They're motive, you know, in, in this market even, you know, we'll talk about this another time about how 
This market is so fast for buyers. I mean, so much faster, oops, so much faster than it's ever been that you're crashing into things, you know, like the microphone or crashing through front doors and crashing over to the next listing um, to, to see it and crashing through right in an offer process because everything is so high energy. It's so, I, when I, back after the mortgage crisis, when I was showing people houses, I was going out and I was showing each buyer would probably see 20 houses. We would go out four or five times. Each time we'd look at five or six houses. By house 20, they're super tired. You know, they know what they want to buy. You know, they when we walk in it, we all feel it. We, yeah. But guess what? We don't even buy it that day. We're like, okay, well, you know, you guys really like it. We're tired. We've already been out for an hour and a half. You go home, sleep on it. We'll come, think about it. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll look to see if there's anything that we didn't notice. And then maybe we'll write an offer. Not today. Oop, I just wrote an offer. Like, yeah. we already wrote it. We had to. It's Which has been the, my entire career since I started three years ago was there ain't no sleeping on it. You better make the decision. And, and one thing that you said about us having to lighten the moment, we need to know when to lighten the moment up. And we also need to know when to sober the moment up a little bit. And I don't think that you're a great sales consultant unless you're willing to take away whatever your client says that they want. You have got to turn into the devil's advocate, even when they're saying yes and say, OK, are you are we absolutely sure? OK, you know, and now you're not just getting somebody in the rush of the moment who's just going with the flow. You're really getting somebody to stop and think. And you, you don't deal with the buyer's remorse as much when you stop every once in a while and get your people to really understand the magnitude of the decision that they're making. And I know when I was a rookie in sales, when somebody said yes, it was my job to amplify that yes and to turn it into a sale right now. But I learned that sometimes people are caught up in the emotions of of a very attractive salesperson that they're working with and maybe <laughs> and maybe the jokes that they're making and they're just yeah. going to do anything and I, and I have to be the one to say wait a second and if if they fight back and they fight for the house and they say I got to have it anyway then my job is done here okay now I can go to sleep knowing that I didn't just allow the emotions of the situation to to get them to make a major decision because there needs to be a dialogue you know, that's the thing is if that buyer is telling themselves and they're telling you that they want to buy it and that's all there is, like that's the whole, the whole conversation, that's not a dialogue. You know, we all know like that the best product, the best answer, the best ideas come out of dialogue. You're bouncing off of somebody else. When I'm not talking, he's talking and that allows me time to think about what I was thinking. You know, that's the nature of it. And if it makes sense as I'm saying it out loud. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes in your head it sounds great and then you say it to somebody and you go, oh. <laughs> that's why people go to therapy. You know, therapists are just letting people talk out their own problems. You know, like when you say something out loud, it sounds different than it does inside your own head. So we're doing a little bit of that, you know, and, you know, I was, you mentioned backing up on a sale, you know, even that like that is hard, you know, especially with that scarcity concept that we talked about and the abundance concept. If you're right in the middle, if you're not to where those checks are 
are abundant. You know, your income is abundant. Maybe you've got bills that need to be paid tomorrow that aren't even paid yet. You know, that kind of thing. Like it, it can be hard. Like you, there's some self-sacrifice there. You know, you have to make sure that you are not the most important thing in these people's real estate transaction, because if you are, you're doing a, a, a disservice to them. 100%. You know, you have to be ready to say, look, just you take the risk that you're going to talk them out of this sale because that's what's best for them. Because probably, you know what, it's going to strengthen the relationship when they realize that you gave them good advice oh. and they're going to buy something anyway. You know, why would I talk you into buying something right that's now? That's the Jedi mind trick, dog. On ourselves? The, yeah. on, on them. Yeah. And, and it, but it's what's beautiful it is, is that it is not manipulative it is not calculated but it is whenever a salesman says hold up maybe we shouldn't do this that's counterintuitive to to everything that you believe sales is supposed to be and all of a sudden that's when the 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 transformation from just another sales guy to somebody that i can actually trust i believe it begins to happen so all you people that are in sales are thinking about that don't forget that, okay? If all you do is just amplify the desires of your people, you're nothing more than an order taker. You're propaganda. You're just yeah. you're, you're you're just you're taking advantage of a situation, and and I, I, it's not an insult for anybody out there. What what we're here for today is some growth for ourselves. I mean, honestly, Chris and I are growing right now. We've not I haven't done this before. I, you've yeah. been in a podcast. I saw you. Man, yeah, I don't, I don't know who's it I was. Mean, I, I, I mean, I was a guest on a podcast. I've never been, you know, a feature artist. Wow, but now you're one of the homeboys. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's a life changing thing. I'm just letting it kind of. Sing. You think Neil is one of the homeboys? Oh, I mean, 100 percent. Okay, uh, yeah, definitely. With, with that Macklemore haircut he's got going on over there. Yeah, I mean, and just because now now I don't think he'll ever come on screen. We're, that'll be a special episode, guys. And speaking of that, we probably better wrap up. We've been rambling. We have absolutely no idea what time it is, how long we've been on. Yeah, We're yeah. just we just want to introduce ourselves to you guys and if if anything about our story resonates with you or if you want to know the actual thoughts of people are in position that you know that does what we do. Um, you need to come tune in with us because we're going to be sharing valuable stuff, hilarious stories, what we're doing out here to make a little bit more money, you know, the side hustles that we're doing, the things that we need to stop doing so that we can free up time to actually live our lives and uh, everything in between. Are these goosebumps? I mean, those actually look look like goosebumps. I mean, what I'm saying is like this this has actually been a lot more fun than I thought it was gonna be. It's flowing a lot better. Like every everything, you know, we're Chris and I, we're we're a really good balance for each other. I mean, this is a really positive guy that don't don't get me wrong. It's not like he's missing the details because all he's thinking about is the positive. And I'm this guy that that comes from from the depths of the the issues and the the details, but I fool myself every day and rise up high and just try not to fall back down there, you know. So so we're gonna be in here doing this, you know, getting goosebumps when it's a hundred degrees outside. I mean, it's over a hundred degrees today, and and it's you know, like I said, man, I'm calling this the hottest pod podcast west of a particular street out there. But you know, our location <laughs> is a secret. This is also in a secret bunker. That's right. Yeah, bunker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bad cave, if you will. All just, right. Well, well I'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to doing this some more. more. Yeah. Absolutely. We didn't even rehearse that. No, no. This is this is day one. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And uh, you know, if you liked it, drop us a like, a love, uh, share it. In fact, 
We don't do likes. It's it's love reacts only, baby, over here. Laugh reacts are okay too. Likes are almost an insult to me. It's almost like a well, you know. I, I can't, can't top, top that. that. Bye, Bye guys. guys. <laughs>